values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time with the show. The Innings Festival is back. Two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, and so much more. Tempe Beach Park, February 25th and 26th. Tickets are on sale right now. You get complete details on the contest page at KTAR.com and a chance to win tickets. Oh, great music this morning. Um, So let's talk about the reality of what's happening. Before we get into this, I want to say a couple of things. I want to say thank you. I'm going to put this up on social media. I want to say thank you to a few people. Um, more than a few. Yesterday, we talked to Jerry from St. Mary's Food Bank because they have a need for 8,000 turkeys. They're 8,000 turkeys short of their goal just about a week from Thanksgiving. And so a bunch of you jumped online. 20 bucks buys a turkey. Um, I, people were donating 100 bucks. And I mean, at a time like this where financially people are hurting, it's incredible that people jump in and help. So I wanted to say thank you to all of you that went to stmarysfoodbank.org and donated yesterday. Uh, they were overwhelmed by the kindness of yours. Um, they also have um, – Something that they're doing coming up on Saturday, they're calling it Super Saturday Turkey Drive, and they are going to be at Safeway and Albertson's locations across the valley this Saturday. So if you are out this weekend shopping for Thanksgiving or otherwise, it'd be an opportunity for you to right there at the grocery store, donate a turkey, it'll get to St. Mary's Food Bank. So if you see the signs in the Safeway or the Albertsons you're going to be at uh, be at this weekend, make sure you, uh, if you can, donate what you can. And uh, they're always available for those cash donations to get them to that mark if we can help. Uh, Phoenix PD is helping. Uh, I believe it's in the Desert Horizon Precinct are the ones that are collecting turkeys there as well. So hopefully we're going to help them get to that goal. I say that about intentional giving because once you realize, as tough as things are for people, how blessed we are and we can help other people, giving always feels terrific. And so let's get into the reason why I'm talking about this. The needs have increased. People are hurting. There are people that are not able to make ends meet that never imagined that would happen to them. This is the biggest heartbreak for me is when you see someone that does the right thing and they're working really hard and they've always been financially secure in the sense that they could care for themselves. When they are in trouble and they need help, it is a demoralizing thing that should not be. I mean, we understand that at some point in our lives, we're all going to need help with something. So making it simple, making it easy, making it a, a gesture of goodwill toward each other, I think is the best way to do this. But when you look at the headlines, and there, this is an important thing to talk about. Americans are to see the highest Thanksgiving gasoline prices ever. A story from Zero Hedge. Diesel hits a record premium over gas. The fuel used in farm equipment, shipping, and manufacturing has gained about 50% this year. The, um, the president has an idea to try to help with the diesel shortage, but it may cost make it cost more money. And then here's about what you're going to eat on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving dinner will cost 20% more this year because of inflation. Now, inflation is cooling. That is a good thing uh, that we are seeing a slowing down of inflation. That is great. Um, But here are a couple of other things when you think about holiday shopping. Some some retail store credit cards carry now an APR, an annual percentage rate, of more than 30%. So – If people are stuck and aren't able to shop for Christmas and they got to put it on credit, 30 percent, lowering inflation without a recession might not be feasible. This is from the Wall Street Journal. But here's the headline. 
This is one of the ones that gets me really concerned. Household debt soars at fastest pace in 15 years as credit card use surges. So we are buying plane tickets. People are traveling for the holidays. That's good news that they're still able to do that, but people are going into debt. Now when it comes to the holiday season, how much debt will people carry? What will that do to the American economy? When you see people – that are hurting financially. The biggest scare for me was coming when I saw a few months ago when it was made, brought to my attention that we were seeing credit card debt go up and up and up, and it was necessities. People were maxing out their credit to pay for gas and food. That's a scary proposition for a couple of reasons. Number one, if you already can't afford with your paycheck the necessities that you're having to put it on a credit card, now you're paying interest on that money, and it's costing you even more money to live. So you're basically just postponing the inevitable. The other is responsible families have credit cards so that they have emergency funds. If something were to happen here in Arizona, if your air conditioner were to go out in your home or in your car, you know, you have a transmission, go out, have, have a major expense. People use credit for those major expenses. If there's, a, you know, God forbid, a medical emergency in your family or you've got to travel somewhere for a medical emergency or a death in the family, that's what those credit cards are for. You, you use them in an emergency. Well, this is an emergency to many families. This is the critical part of the, the conversation where I've talked about Washington being out of touch in some ways. This is where I see that being the case. When you look at people – and you see them acting as if nothing's wrong. Is it is it just political hyperbole or is it that they really are that out of touch? That's my biggest question in all of this because we can argue recession or no recession because we know that politically speaking, when you go into a recession, the White House is going to pay a political price for it. And the president's poll numbers are already pretty low, well below 50 percent. So they want to do whatever they can to keep the American people um, as, as I, I would say as less with as little concern as possible. We understand. I understand that part of it. But if you're not addressing that the American people are hurting and are in trouble, you are you seem out of touch. And I will tell you this also. The fact that Washington has this much of a role in your personal finances is exactly why I'm a small government person in the first place. If we are going to care for each other, it should be done locally. I, you know, I, you hear me talk about these wonderful organizations that we have been so blessed to partner with. Because when I look at what happens locally, we did an event at St. Vincent de Paul on Friday at one of their dining halls where we serve dinner to people. And they come in in kind of a, you know, a cafeteria style setting. Uh, we set up the tables, we set up the chairs, water on the tables, we, we put the, uh, um, the, Plastic wear in bags. We did all the stuff except we didn't cook the food. It was brought in. It was cooked at one of their kitchens and, and then brought there. But hundreds of people. And the minute that they open the doors, and they open the doors, I believe, at 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock. Um, when they open the doors and people started to come in, you could see the entire mood of the room change. And the reason why is when you are looking at the need – when you because when you see when you see a homeless encampment or you see homeless people, it's one thing to see homelessness. It's it's one thing. It's a different for whatever reason. It's just different when you see hunger, when you see human beings lining up just to get a hot meal in 
this wealthy city that we live in. It's heartbreaking. It's concerning. It's heartbreaking. And it, it changed the entire mood. I don't think there wasn't one person that was on our team that wasn't moved by this. Private organizations that require donations from the public that have to be good stewards with those dollars are the best way to help solve and cure this problem or at least help with the problem. Um, Volunteers that come down that see the need and face it, they stand right there and look at it. That's the best way to handle these problems. Shipping money in from Washington, D.C. may be well-intentioned, but it's not the best way to handle this. Handling things locally. This is the best way to address the problems we face. We know the unique problems. We understand the heat in Arizona and what it does to homeless people because we instinctively are in it every single day in the summers. So um, I I just wanted to bring some of this Thanksgiving stuff to your attention and uh, intentional giving. If you have an opportunity, and I'm talking about the the, the need for turkeys at St. Mary's Food Bank, but there are wonderful organizations out there. Find them, you know, find the the St. Vincent de Paul's, the United Food Banks, the other groups that we've worked with in the past. Find a group that does really good work and help them in any way you can. Coming up in a moment, uh, this one about the border, families in Yuma are having to hire private security because of how dangerous it is. We'll talk about that coming up in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. There are a couple of stories um, and I, I guess I should have put the, us in, them in different order. Um, it has to do, first of all, with protection. What is the primary responsibility of our government? Public safety. The local government, state governments, it's public safety. At the federal level, it's national security. It is protecting our borders. It is a strong military. That is the primary function of our government. And I think most people would agree with that. Some don't. When you get into political ideology, it expands to a lot of different other things. But in in reality, it is protection of its citizenry. That's what we've, we have a society of laws. We have a society of structure and rules and it isn't the wild west anymore. We're not filming tombstone. We aren't shooting. We aren't hanging horse thieves um, like they did in Lonesome Dove. We are uh, a society of trials and a society of crime and punishment. And that's the structure that we have all bought into. That doesn't mean you can't defend yourself. What it means is we've chosen to hire people to stand in the gap to stop bad people from preying upon innocent people. So in one regard, this story is a border story. In the other one, it has to do with the complete failure in some places of putting public safety first. Private border security. This is a headline. Yuma families forced to hire armed guards amid migrant surge, local officials say. Two of these families down here actually had to hire a private security guards, armed security guards to keep people out of their yards. That's Jonathan Lines, who's been a frequent guest on this show. They were constantly having people come into their homes, into their yards, and they were not very respectful. Nearly one million of the four million migrants who have crossed into the U.S. since uh, President Biden took office traveled through the Arizona southern border, according to Customs and Border Protection. So starting there. 
if the federal government, we talk about the border and a secure border, and I understand the argument and the fight, but we now are talking about the protection of American citizens where they are hiring private security. I've told stories of the ranchers in southern Arizona that ride their land on ATVs, and they carry a few necessities with them. Water would be one. Another would be a first aid kit because many times they turn into first responders when they find people on their land that have either been left for dead or are dead. And they travel with firearms, with usually AR-15s and sidearms, because it becomes very dangerous as well. That's not acceptable in America. There's another story out of a county in California that now will not have daytime patrols because of officer shortages or, or deputy shortages in the sheriff's office. Again, completely unacceptable in American society. I I talk about the Second Amendment. I'm a, I am a, a, a supporter of the Second Amendment. I own multiple firearms like many people do, but I don't ever want to use them. I, I dial 911. I've dialed 911 recently when I saw something going on. I, I don't – I don't jump into action necessarily unless I absolutely had to. I have bought into the idea that we have hired, we have asked professionals to stand in the gap. When a crime is being committed, I stopped, I stepped in and stopped the shoplifting because it was happening in front of me. If I see a crime in progress, I dial 911. If I see someone in trouble, I dial 911. Just like most of us do. I don't want to intervene with violence. I don't want to put myself in the way. I don't want to get injured. I certainly don't want to hurt somebody else. I don't want to shoot anybody. That is a last resort for me. But now we're talking about the national security here on our border where the federal government has failed so miserably that citizens that live in a border town are hiring private armed security guards to keep people that are in this country illegally off of their property. How does anybody say that that is an acceptable way for us as Americans? The system has failed. The primary function of the federal government is to protect the citizens. National security. This may not be terrorism. When I'm not saying it's terrorists, but somebody explained to me how this isn't a national security issue. You have American citizens whose property is so threatened and their families are so threatened by people that are crossing our border illegally that they're hiring private security. Who thinks that this is acceptable in this country? And the answer is, I hope, no one. That no one finds this acceptable. And yet, we don't have the majority of American citizens standing up and screaming. There is a human side of everything. I understand that. And I don't believe that everybody that's crossing the border, I don't even think the majority of people that are crossing the border are harmful people, people coming here to commit crimes and to do harm to our citizens. I don't believe that to be true. And to make it sound as if I'm lumping that together means that you are trying to change the subject. The subject here is there are troublemakers and there are criminals and there are people People that are intimidating families to the point that they're hiring private security, that's unacceptable. And the federal government should be doing something about it. And instead of the political argument, this is what's happening. 
Next up, what's next for the AZ GOP? I, I talked with Karen Taylor Robeson, former, guben, former gubernatorial candidate, about her statement yesterday about the AZ GOP chair. The reason why we talk about the Republican Party is I think having two healthy parties in that debate is what makes America work. Is this at a crisis point for the AZ GOP? We'll talk about that coming up here in just one moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time. If you haven't subscribed to the Mike Broomhead Show podcast, please do it. It's very simple to do on any device that you have. You'll never miss a minute of the show. The Mike Broomhead Show podcast brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers at higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. So what's next for the Arizona Republican Party and why why is it important? I know there are a lot of you out there that are independents or you are Democrats or you just don't aren't with any political party because you're not politically inclined. The political system works when you have a robust a debate that goes on with each party keeping each other in check. Um, and I think that that has been when the system works is when you have two healthy parties. Um, nobody wants to watch a football game that doesn't matter. Um, uh, using my analogies that I always do, I am a big Miami Hurricanes fan. We lost to our big rival Florida State um, two weeks ago, and it was a miserable loss for us. But it was also a game of no consequence. Neither team really has got much going on, although Florida State has broken into the top 25. It used to have national championship implications, and we used to call it the Florida State Championship. Florida, Florida State, and Miami, whoever won those games went on to be national champions or challenged for it. That's how big those games used to be. When you look at American politics, having um, robust teams matters as well. I talked with Karen Taylor Robeson this morning. She was a former, she was a gubernatorial candidate, but she's also been involved in Arizona politics for years, for most of her life, as she talked about being a, a precinct committeeman. And that is, uh, for those of you that are that don't know politics, it's broken up into districts, and you work in a district, and each di- district has precincts, and then you can become a committeeman in the precinct where you live. And uh, then you have a vote within your party and party leadership and other things as well. And uh, it is just a way for people to be involved. And so uh, speaking with Ms. Robeson today, um, I asked her a, a number of questions about what's happening within the Republican Party, why it's important. And this is what she said about her party. Republican policies and conservative government works, but somehow we got the politics wrong in Arizona. And, and Kelly Ward has had multiple opportunities to win, multiple opportunities to succeed. And yet, as I said in my statement, she failed and failed again and failed again. And and we have not, you know, we went back and looked. We have not had a Democrat governor and two Democrat senators since 1950. So um, I will say this, that I think there are leadership issues within the Republican Party in Arizona. Um, I don't think that it is just going to end with a replacement or, or a new new blood in there because I, I don't believe that Dr. Ward is running again. So uh, there will be new blood at the top in leadership. But the Arizona Republican Party has seen for a very long time division, and it's been pretty vitriolic division. Now, I seem to be able to na- navigate, at least in my mind I do, maybe I'm wrong, um, in, in private circles, but I find myself with a feet in two boats. 
Um, I understand the very conservative wing of the Republican Party and agree with them on many issues. Uh, But what I don't understand is the get out mentality. That's the part I don't understand. Um, I have been around and have very close friends. That would be considered by today's standards to be moderate Republicans. I don't believe that they are, but they would be considered to be moderate Republicans because they don't get into the vitriolic issues and don't handle them in the way that's handled by other people. I've never heard those people that are considered moderates, whether you call them rhinos or moderates. I've never heard them, and I I can say this pretty confidently when I say never. I've never heard them say that those people need to get out. Never. But I will say that there are many times that I have heard the very conservative wing of the Republican Party, the activist wing now, say that the rhinos need to get out. And many of them have. And that's where I find – and I apologize for being so narrow in what I'm speaking about in Republican Party politics. But this is a big issue in Arizona, and I think that Ms. Robeson hit the nail on the head when she talks about our failures. Now, whether it all falls on the shoulders of Dr. Ward or not is another question. But there is no doubt that the Republican Party in Arizona – has kind of lost its way with the Republican voters in Arizona. And that's been going on for a very long time. There are there are good people out there that don't agree with you on everything, but they would agree with you on most things. And how you alienate them and say, if you aren't on board with me with this, if you aren't going to go out and carry a sign and protest a stolen election in 2020, if you aren't going in with the election denial, you're not one of us. I don't understand that mentality at all. I've maintained for a long time that I know people that have that truly believe that the 2020 election in Arizona was stolen from Donald Trump. They still believe it. These are smart Good people. But there are those who get the vast majority of the attention that are zealots about it in the sense of they want you gone if you disagree with them. There's There should be no place for that in any organization. When you walk into a locker room, and I was involved coaching football for a long time, and it's one of the things I miss the most. But when you're in a locker room, there there is a cancer in the locker room when there's division and dissension. And we've seen it at every level. I've seen it at the Pop Warner level, high school level, especially the high school level, especially when parents get involved. And it even transcends all the way up to professional football, where when there's somebody in the locker room that is just not a team player and it's all about them and they start to breed division and dissension within the ranks, it can ruin a team. And you can be a, a an NFL player that is a superstar, but if you're that kind of a teammate and you're that person in the locker room, no one wants anything to do with you because it is about a team effort. So the election denial and the, I, I've talked about the audit and where I stand on the audit. The part of it for me, though, is it's not their party. So when somebody tells me to get out, I laugh and think, "You, I have as much right to be here as you. You're not getting rid of me. Don't invite me to your parties anymore. Don't ask me to speak at your events anymore. Okay, I understand that. You're not, you're not happy with what I'm saying. But if you think I'm going away, and unless you have that kind of a personality, it's very easy for people. And this is why I think the parties are shrinking and independent voters are increasing. It's because the more you tell people to get out, the happier they are to go away. That's not that doesn't mean they're not going to vote doesn't mean they're not going to give money to campaigns. What it means is they aren't going to deal with you. So they will do it on their own. 
People are busy. People are not going to worry about going to a meeting once a month where it's like sitting at the lunch table in high school and people wondering why you're talking to that person and sitting there and doing that and it, trying to be a big fish in this little tiny pond. If that's the attitude that you have, people are going to walk away. And I, it's happened to both parties. And the fact that the Republicans lost so badly. Now, we don't know what's going to happen in the attorney general's race. We, you know, Abe Hamaday may actually pull this off and it may be one of the Trump endorsed candidates that wins. We don't know. But when you lose, this stuff comes to the surface. And uh, let's just see. I'm anxious to see the direction of the Republican Party and what happens in Arizona. They used to be very, very strong. We'll see what happens next. Um, More examples of why parents are demanding school choice from around the country. We'll do that coming up here in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Oh, Suzy Q. Oh, Suzy Q. Oh, Suzy Q, baby, I love you. Suzy Q. Hey, thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time with the show this morning. Um, talking about, we talk about schools often. The governor was speaking recently. Our governor, Governor Ducey, was speaking um, this week, I believe. And he was talking about school choice and how we are the gold standard now for school choice around the country. And we are going to find out how this expansion of the ESA program works. Um, whether or not we are going to see people using this the way that it's intended to be used, if there are changes that need to happen. But I would say overall, the program is going to be successful because it puts the power back into the hands of the parents. Here is what I will say, if you look at some of the people that have gone into American politics, well, look here in Arizona, if you listen to the story, and and maybe someday I'd love to have her on to talk, one of my favorite people to just hang out with and talk is former Governor Jan Brewer. She is just such an interesting person and so down to earth. It's it's amazing to see someone that has risen to the political heights and notoriety that she did. She wasn't only Arizona's governor, but I was at the convention when they nominated Mitt Romney in Tampa. And this was right after the finger wagging incident on the tarmac here in Arizona with President Obama. So in Republican circles, she was an absolute superstar. She wrote a book called Scorpions for Breakfast that became a bestseller. And when we were at that convention, she was mobbed everywhere she went. People just loved her. And so it wasn't just the power of the governor's office, which is enough for most. It is also the notoriety she got nationally for that incident with the former president. And for her to remain as down to earth as she is, is amazing. And every time I talk with her, it's just a fun experience. But she started out, was going to run for the school board. That's how it started out, a passion to change things at the local level within the schools. And there are a lot of people right now, there are a lot of parents that have done exactly that in this election cycle that have decided they were going to do something about the way schools are run because online learning showed parents that things they didn't like to see. And it wasn't just that they had questions and they wanted changes. When parents were showing up at school board meetings, not all. But enough. Uh, They were showing up at meetings and they were turned away. They were called domestic terrorists by major uh, organizations like the National School Board Association. Domestic terrorists. Well, if you want to turn a parent into an activist, just do something they believe is wrong to or for their child. And that's the activism you're seeing. And I will bet, I will bet that there are a lot of very good people that are joining school boards now that will use that as a springboard into more public service, just like our former governor did. 
And um, the reason is that people will demand school choice because there are things that most of us would say are absolutely absurd that still go on. I'm going to give you a couple of examples. In Michigan, a Michigan school district removes pornographic books after Muslim community outrage. Why would pornographic – I want you to think of a – honestly, think of a scenario – if you have family members and your children visit your family members, they visit their aunts or their uncles or their grandparents or neighbors or whoever, and you found out that the parents had porn that was available to your child in their house, what would you do? You'd probably call the police. If you gave somebody else's child pornographic material, you would be arrested. Unless it's a school teacher or a librarian. And it, so we can talk about and I always give this disclaimer and, and people laugh when I say it that know me because they know this is the truth. There is not one thing about me that's prudish. There's not one prudish bone in my body. But the idea that they had to protest to get pornographic material removed from schools shows you how far gone some schools are. Some parents want to stand and fight and change the schools, and some parents are going to want to take their children elsewhere. The expansion of the ESA program is going to give them the ability to do either one they want. The two pulled books are Push by Sapphire, which is about a girl who was sexually abused by her father. Red, white, and royal blue um, is an LGBT romance with, with several sexually explicit passages. What in the world? Here's another one. A California early childhood teacher. Remember the key phrase in this headline, early childhood. California early childhood teacher admits using the gender unicorn to instruct kids on sexual attraction. What for? We can't read, we can't write, but we're doing this. Danita McRae works with a child development teacher at an elementary school. It works as a child development teacher. At a 2021 California Teachers Association conference, she gave a presentation on how to incorporate gender ideology into early childhood. Now early childhood is zero to eight years old, so that's kind of like preschool to third grade. And the focus of this workshop is to provide you with the positive strategies to support transgender and gender. Gender nonconforming children, zero to eight. So are you kidding? The Virginia is changing the way they teach history. This is a story um, from the governor. The revision of the standards uh, known as SOL is typically a little noticed procedure which must take place every seven years. This year's iteration has become controversial, drawing an unusual political limelight after the intervention of Glenn Youngkin, the Republican uh, governor. In uh, Virginia. So when you look at what's happening, parents understand that there are times that you can't beat the system, but you have an absolute right to have your child educated the way you want your child educated. And when it isn't happening, you have a right to take your child somewhere else. Other states will be looking into the same school choice ideas that we have in Arizona. It may need to be tweaked. It may need to be changed. It may need to be improved in some ways down the road. But we should never take away a parent's right to take that money and get their child in the best education situation for them ever, ever. Just after 10 o'clock, um, it's going to be the highest um, prices for gasoline over Thanksgiving ever. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. 